Hey, Sheila. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Good. Yes, sir. I know who I am. Did IQ just drop shot? I could have been. I have a plan. I like this shit. It is your destiny. Welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. Let the games begin. Hello and welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast with Jason and Lee. I'm Jason. I'm Lee. And this week we're joined by two of the stars of the film Super Dark Times, Elizabeth Cappuccino and Max Talisman. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Super Dark Times is a film directed by Kevin Phillips, and it's about teenagers Zach and Josh who have been best friends their whole lives, but when a gruesome accident leads them to a cover-up, the secret drives a wedge between them and propels them down a rabbit hole of escalating paranoia and violence. It's been doing the festival rounds, and I was wondering, with uh, the upcoming release, uh, are you excited? Because it's been getting a lot of good buzz coming out of festival. Um... I'm super excited. I mean, a lot of people I know got to see it at Tribeca, which was great. Um, But there are a lot of people, obviously, who didn't get to see it. And I think there's going to be a really great um, group. I think there's going to it's going to be a really great movie for some people. I think we're going to get a good response and it might be something where a lot of people just want to share it with their friends and want to show it to a lot of different people. And I think. I'm really excited for that response. So, yeah, I'm excited for it to premiere. Awesome. Elizabeth? Uh, yeah, I'm super excited. I had, I guess, an opposite experience. A lot of my family came to Tribeca, so we didn't really have tickets for a ton of my friends. So a lot of my friends who've been involved with it since I've been auditioning for the project, like, haven't seen it, and they've been obsessed with the project for so long. So they're, like, friends from all over in D.C. or in L.A. are going to go see it. and um, And I'm really excited. I think it'll be... I'm like sad because like when it re- gets released, a little bit of it is over. It's like, oh, it's finally yeah. out. But um, <laughs> right. because there's so much anticipation, but I'm also excited for just everyone involved. And um, yeah, it'll be cool to like see it. I live in New York and I live like right by the theater. I used to live right by the theater. It's coming out. in. so to see a film that you're in somewhere where you used to go see movies a lot, it's really cool. Yeah, it's so weird. (laughs) It's really cool and weird. It's exciting. (laughs) All right. Cool. Uh, This one's for Max. Max, you played Daryl on Super Dark Times. So before getting into some questions about the role itself, uh, we wanted to talk about casting, what the process was like, what the experience was like. uh, Because Lee and I were, when we were watching the film uh, and we saw you and your performance as Daryl, we couldn't kind of picture anybody else doing this. This seems yeah, totally exactly. made for you. Thank you. Was there like an audition or did they just look at you and go like, that? that's our Daryl? No, <laughs> no. So I was pretty unknown at the time. I mean, I still am somewhat unknown. But um, so I auditioned for the role. My agents got me the audition. Um, I'm with Innovative Artists in case you're listening and they want, uh, I mean, and they deserve a plug because they're awesome. Um, yeah, cool. anyway, <laughs> but um. So I, I got the audition and I, I read the scenes and I was right away just like, this is something I can do. Um, nice. This is something that I know I can do. This is something I can have fun with. Um, and I, right away I was just excited for the audition. And um, I auditioned and to be honest, I didn't hear anything for about two weeks. Um, and then at the exact same time, 
I got an audition for Orange is the New Black. Um, And it was a very, um, it was a similar role in that it was a guy who just sort of said whatever he was thinking and, you know, um, was sort of a, like he had his friends did a lot of weird stuff and, you know, they were smoking. And so it was very similar. Um, (laughs) And so it was also something where I was like, I know I can do that. Anyway, so while I was waiting to hear from Super Dark Times, I ended up booking Orange is the New Black. Um, And then right before I went to my first fitting for Orange is the New Black, I had my callback for Super Dark Times. Um, And that was with Kevin and uh, Jet and all the producers. And um, basically, it started with me just reading the script again. I mean, just, you know, doing the scenes again with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it went really well, and I was really happy with it. And um, I had, I they moved me to go first, so I could go to my fitting. So I was leaving, and um, I was walking out the door. I was going to the elevator, and Kevin, who at the time was using a cane, I don't really no, remember. Kevin and Lizzie cane. remembers why she can get into it. I don't <laughs> I remember. I thought Kevin was just eccentric, and he had a cane. Right, she did. <laughs> Yeah. Like, okay. like, yeah. Like, but he'd actually like blinded himself that summer. He's just like wild. Yeah, he's he's a crazy cat. He's awesome now. Anyway, yeah. so wow. he like he ran out and caught me and was like, "Hey, um, can you come back in?" And so I went back in, and I think Jet, who who's one of the producers, um, had the idea to sort of just have me tell a crazy story about like something that happened to me in high school. Or something that I totally made up. Um, and basically, um, so Kevin just had me riff. Um, because that's what Daryl does a lot of the time. He just tells stories. He riffs. Um, yeah. There was a lot of stuff in the in the movie that we filmed that ended up not making the cut. Where it's just me telling random stories. <laughs> um, so hopefully I'll get a deleted scenes or something. Because it was super fun to do that. But the audition, I mean the callback, I just told a story about something that happened in high school to some kids. Um, and I, I just spewed whatever I was saying and it was really fun and they were having fun. And then when it was over, it was over and I left and, uh, I didn't hear anything for another two weeks. And, uh, then right when I was wrapping orange is the new black, I got the call that I needed to be up in Kingston the next day to film super dark times. Awesome. Um, wow, wow, what a crazy month. <laughs> yeah, month, for sure. How about you, Elizabeth? Was there a fight to the death on who got to be Allison, or had someone already seen you in uh, playing young Jessica Jones, and she figured they figured, you know, oh, she's cool enough. She's got the part right away. No, I wish, but no, I had to audition just like everyone else. Um, no, I got the scripts, and my first uh, impulse was, oh, fuck, another horror film. Like, because I just read, <laughs> like, two or three really bad ones that right. day. And I was like, ah, no. But I continued to read on, and then they mentioned True Lies, and I grew up watching that movie. So I, like, was really into it. And then, I don't know, Ben's writing and Luke's writing is so awesome, so I really loved it. And then it's really rare in the audition process that – a director sends along um, a lookbook and Kevin had sent along this amazing lookbook. So not only did you have like a really clear visual role just from the lookbook, but the writing was really great. And I'd kind of been cast in Jessica Jones, which is a, you know, rougher kind of character. And then I'd done a pilot for another thing that I was waiting to see if it was going to get picked up. 
in the meantime while I was auditioning. And they were both just sort of miserable teenage girls who were, you know, angsty and whatever. So, (laughs) yeah, there's not much in the canon for young girls. Um, But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so I was kind of excited at the opportunity to play someone like Allison, who was so soft and you know naive and innocent which is something I hadn't been able to showcase before so I auditioned and I think the casting directors liked it but we were worried about me looking too old because I was 21 when I played Allison right okay right um so there was a lot of manipulation of like from callback to like how could I look younger and just like no makeup hair in a ponytail look just innocent as possible um And I actually left my callback not feeling too great. I I felt good about the acting and um, the scenes were, um, which you don't even see me on camera for, the the audition scene for Allison was the phone call with Zach, the initial time you first hear her voice. And, And the second scene was when they're walking up the hill. And, and she invites him into his house and he says no, her house. And he says no. So those were the audition scenes. And I felt actually the acting of it all went really good. And Kevin made me like riff and sing that Mars song. And it was like super embarrassing. I was <laughs> like so small. And I, and, I, and I walked outside the room and everyone was so young. And I was like, I'm a dinosaur. I'm too old. I'm oh not car. And then it was, it was like so dramatic. It was raining. I had to go to an overnight shoot and I was just like crying on the phone with my mom. Like I felt old and I wasn't going to get it. And then I found out the next day that I got it. Um, (laughs) So that was it for me. Um, Yeah. My God, life is so dramatic. And how do you deal with that? It was like a dramatic week. It's like with acting, I always feel like it's, you know, when it rains, it pours. Everything is crazy or nothing's happening. So, so true. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, for uh, both of you, is, I wonder how much uh, or what was the preparation like for the roles? I mean, uh, Elizabeth, you were talking there that uh, you were just you were discussing uh, even with the director generally, like getting like backstories behind. Did you, did you both? Uh, did, was there much of that? Was there much even hanging out amongst the actors to try and get develop a relationship between each other? I mean, uh, in Max, your case, the, I mean, most of your scenes involve you sort of hanging out with a bunch of guys that don't exactly connect well, and maybe to there there had to be a base level of getting all together beforehand because it all seemed very believable. Um. Well, we had literally one day of rehearsal. Yeah. Or uh, we started. So there really wasn't, and I, I had, like I said, I had just gotten um, done with Orange is the New Black, and I had shot up to Kingston the next morning and started rehearsal an hour later. Um, wow. and it was literally just one day of rehearsal, and um, it was it was a good day. But I mean, the next day we started with uh, the scene at the gas station at five a.m. Oh so <laughs> right away it was just you know we were sort of in it. And I have to say a lot of it is just honestly, there was a connection with the people I was working with. Um, it was just easy to work with them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Kevin made it really comfortable on set and everyone who was on set made it really great. Um, and I, I think there was just a sense of everyone on set had a really good sense of humor. 
which I mean, when you're filming something like this, really helps. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so that was always, especially my scenes are mostly comedic. Um, but when they're not, they're really not. So yeah. <laughs> it, was always good, it was always a good thing to have people on set who, um, who when you were, you know, when it cut was set, you were able to sort of break down and, you know, be in a good place again. Um, so, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think that's what I, it was just, we were working with really good people who all sort of have the same sense of what we were doing. And I think that was really helpful. Yeah, what a relief. <laughs> Elizabeth, yeah. did you have uh, like a similar experience then? Just sort of a one day off, hoping for the best kind of deal? Um, I guess, I think I knew, I think I knew sooner than Max that I was cast. I think I had like two weeks before I knew I was going down to Kingston. Right. Or so. So I just looked really into the period to know what world we were living in. And, you know, Bill Clinton's president. What is that? You know, what wars are happening, like socially, politically, what's happening in the world? How does that play into it? I mean, it is specifically set before Columbine. So mm -hmm. I had actually I think I'd already read it or I read it after. I think I did read it before. There was this great book called Columbine that I'd read just about like what happened with. Um, Dylan and, and like that doesn't really play into the film that much but yes. I just immerse myself in that kind of those boys violence and just what it was it doesn't really affect Allison just because so much of her perspective in this film is like like we always joked like Allison is in a completely different film like kind <laughs> of like she's in a different film she has no idea what's happening um so no I just we I mean the set was super comfortable and this was a set where, like, all the producers, the writers, Kevin, sound, set, all of them went to college together. So I feel like the actors were just welcomed into this family that kind of already existed, and it made it a really warm and easy set to be on. So, it, I don't know, there was, like, already chemistry when we got there, totally. so it made it really easy for us all to perform, and, you know, all my scenes are essentially with Owen, and... We literally, we were all living at this amazing, weird, bizarre um, Bass Western Plus in Kingston for like a month. And right. Owen and I literally had an adjoining room. So like we would oh just like, hang out and talk <laughs> half the night. And, or like he would hit his head on set and then like be in some crisis that he was going to die. And then I would have to talk him out of it because he's a hypochondriac. And so, I don't know, chemistry just built when you're all living together, I guess. And especially, I guess, for me and Owen, we were just really good buds. So, uh, Max, you touched on this a little bit by saying that they used to, they let you tell stories on set. When it comes to Daryl, I mean, he's a kid that carries a lot of baggage with him. And Lee and I kind of got that, you know, when we were watching the film, we were like, we, we know this guy. We always had someone like this in our lives. So I was wondering, did you draw on someone you know in your own life or even some of your own experiences to build the character? Um, well, I think everyone knows a Daryl, for sure. I mean, I think everyone knows a kid who sort of just doesn't know when to stop talking and just says, you know, things that are inappropriate and just make people uncomfortable. But like, so he's so loud about it that you you can't stop him. You know, like he's just going, you're just going to let him go. So um, I think, yeah, I went to high school with a kid like Daryl. I went to middle school with definitely a kid like Daryl. So, um, so I, I drew my experiences on that. But I think there's also a part of me that's a little like Daryl, but it's the part of me that I don't let talk a lot. 
So, so I, I definitely drew on some of that too, but I mean, there's also, there's a darker side to Daryl. I mean, it says in the script that he grew, he grows up in a duplex. Um, you know, he's out of the kids. He's one of the less fortunate ones. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, I had, I had to draw on that too. And, uh, when you put those two elements together, it, it made who Daryl was. He was someone who sort of felt like he had to prove himself, like he had to prove to be part of the gang. And by doing that, he just, you know, said a lot of shit. Like he just said (laughs) random things to sort of fit in and um, it didn't work for him. Um, He still didn't fit in, but he felt like he had to keep doing it, keep proving himself. Mm. Um, So that's sort of where I got a lot of him from. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, (laughs) uh, Cool. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, so uh, you were saying there, it was like you were in a different film, uh, yeah. which makes a lot of sense, because uh, what we and Jason were actually talking about on the show is that basically the story kind of focuses, what we think anyway, it focuses on a sort of uh, subject of toxic masculinity. You know, yes, it's, it's one of the, yeah, so it's, it's about, and it's mostly about the relationship between these boys and how that sort of how that sort of relationship develops when you're at that age, specifically amongst, uh, you know, a series of boys and how ultimately it can lead to, I mean, maybe not as, as symbolic as, as the disasters that kind of happen in this, in this particular film, but in, in a lot of ways for Allison, uh, she, by sheer factor of being a girl kind of gets cut out of the script and becomes more objectified simply just, just because the, the perspective of the story is like a male perspective. Okay. Uh, so, so that was it. What we thought was interesting is like for you getting into like a character like that and kind of, I'm, sh- I'm sure you must've known something about how basically you weren't going to get your say about how the, how the story was told. And I wonder what uh, your thoughts were going into a, a part like that and maybe something about uh, how much trust was required to know with regards to the writers and director uh, you know, that you yeah, basically yeah. role was going to be in safe hands? Because, I mean, you look at those themes, and, and poor poor judgment, poor hands, that could, that could be a disaster. Of course. Yeah, no, um, I, I'm someone who truly believes that, like, just know what part you are in the story and serve the story. And the story is about, you know, it's mostly about these boys and Owen. And, like, that's fine with me. I wouldn't have done the script or the film if I didn't feel like it was okay. I I didn't feel like my character was being um, objectified in a way that was uh, like sexualized or inappropriate. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and I, in that, like, like I said, I still hadn't done someone who was soft and innocent. So for me, there was still something to really gain in playing Allison and having that in my like back pocket, I guess. But the thing is, too, is that Kevin always jokes about, like, or Kevin and Ben always joke about this. Um, uh, Kevin had wrote, like, an additional, like, 100 pages on the script of what happens. He So much of with Allison afterwards. Like, there was, like, another 60 pages or something of with just Allison. And obviously that's not the film. Yeah, that's obviously not the film you can make. And that's never, I never saw that edition of the script. I would love to see it. Uh, oh yeah, we us too. <laughs> <but>, you know, <laughs> they were very aware and apologetic that Allison wasn't a bigger, not a bigger role. I hate to say it that way because I do feel like Allison's so she's a little 
ray of sunshine and a pocket of greatness. It's definitely, definitely central. To the, the it wasn't. I think there was a project that there that this that there wasn't more of, it and they were aware. And like I know Ben was really aware. It's like, do you do you feel like this is okay? Like it, they they had an awareness that they wanted me to feel good in the part, and yeah. to me that's all that matters. And I and I truly believe that people need to write their own stories. And this is Ben's story, not his story, but you know, Ben and Luke's story and they wrote it and they should be able to tell it. They shouldn't feel like they have to make my part bigger for some political or social reason because my response to that is always, let's just produce more stories that women are writing. You know, like they, <laughs> right. shouldn't, have to, they shouldn't have to alter their experience just to, you know what I, you know what I mean? So that's kind of yeah, on the matter. And, and I appreciated that they were always wanting to make sure that I felt comfortable. And and it's funny because Ben, Ben, Luke is also a writer. And I always just say Ben just because Ben was on set. Luke was not on set. Right. Um, but Ben and Luke, the writers, um, mm -hmm. they've written, I believe, many scripts with women at the lead. Like, I think only one of them has been produced since coming out. Um, there's Stephanie. There's one of, little, one of my little girl. So they've written stories with more central female characters. It's just a matter of those getting produced, you know? Right, right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, now we just have to change the industry to, to be better then, exactly, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> I, I have no problem with this film and how Allison is and just the part she plays. And this is the part she, like, that, this is Allison. And that's, I think, all that you need to see of her for this story, at least. Yeah. Because um, it's about toxic masculinity. It's not about... Al, it's not fault in our stars. It's not me like falling in love. <laughs> yeah, it's not the film. It's not the film we're telling, you know. So. In fact, God. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 not to insult those people. Oh, those of course not. But. No, that's our job. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to get casting in, guys. Like, I can't, I gotta keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, this one's uh, this one's for both of you. Um, Daryl touched out. Uh, sorry, Max touched on this a little bit in terms of improv, and that's the next question I wanted to ask you guys. We know that Daryl loves to swear a lot, and it comes off so naturally that it maybe made Lee and I think that there was a little bit of room for improv. So uh, Max was saying that he was telling stories. I wanted to get a little bit of Elizabeth's take on uh, uh, take on this to know if you were allowed to improv opposite. as much as well. We are total opposites. I do. I will improv. I mean, like, it depends on which set I'm on. Like, I just did an episode of Broad City that came out, and there was a ton of improv, and that was so fun, and it's comedy, and it's like, you know, you are being really playful. When it comes to something like this, though, um, I don't enjoy improv as much, unless it's, like, a one-liner that Kevin just wants me to play with or something, which is, you know, fine. But I feel like, you know, I read the script. I signed off on the script that I read. I really liked the script. If I had a problem with the scene, I would have addressed it before I was shooting it. You know, oh, so I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like to stick pretty pretty to, to the words. I mean, I guess that's, like, my training, like, just for having gone to acting school, like, where, like, I justify what every line that's written is, already telling me where my character is or where she's where I need to get at the end of the scene or whatever. So I don't like to um, fuck around with that. That's something I don't I don't like to touch unless I feel like it needs to be touched and I don't get it or I'm not getting it or something. But right. I not um, at least for this project, I did not um, stray too far from the words that were already written. All right. Cool. And how about you, Max? Uh, how much how much leeway did they give you? Did you improv most of the stuff that was there or was it off the page? Um, well, the character was on the page. 
I mean, there was so much there. So um, a lot of what I, I say in the movie is, is yeah, from the script. But a lot of what I say is totally improv. I mean, a lot of what they did was they sort of, you know, would put me there and they would, you know, just film me riffing for a little bit or they'd say, okay, now talk about this. Um, and I mean, to be fair, Liz and my scenes are very different. Like yeah. if, I was right. doing a role yeah. similar, oh, yeah. if I was doing a role similar to Lizzie's, I would probably be similar. I would probably be more comfortable sticking to the script because, you know, it's so plot driven. She likes him. You know, it's so about that. But with Daryl, he's just, you know, he just likes to talk. And so, like, they just wanted me to talk. And a lot of what I say is part of the script. I mean, the whole true lies thing, totally in the script. I mean, so <laughs> much of it is just in the script. But there's a lot of what I said that was just me riffing for a little bit. Like, when we walk into Josh's brother's room... Um, and we, you know, we look around and all of that. All of that yep. is just shit I said. All of that is <laughs> okay. I made up on the <laughs> Excellent. Cool. And so, that, that's, it's like so that. good that the, uh, that the writers and the director are so comfortable allowing, letting you sort of riff on, on the screen. Because it did, it did come across that way a lot of the time. Oh, I mean, totally. They Becker. were... They encouraged into it. They wanted us to riff. I just <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. They very much wanted us to riff. Um, cool. I, I want to say, like, most of that whole bagel bite scene is improv. <laughs> most of it. That kind of um, makes sense. A lot of, it, a lot of it is obviously in the script, and there were certain things that I definitely had to say, or else the story wouldn't make sense. So I had to, you know, <laughs> always think about, like, okay, so I have to go here next because that's important. But, like, a lot of what I say in that scene is just stuff I was saying um, and stuff that I was making up and um i would say that a, most of the cursing though is in the scripts um there's a lot of cursing in the script i think yeah obviously i, I improv some of the curse words and like i never stop myself from saying fuck like if, <laughs> if I Wait, it, Matt, I just say Matt, not to interrupt there's a hilarious video that ben sent me like a month ago that our editor ed put together and it's a um, it's a count of all the times the word fuck is said, and it's a visual oh, that's great. count. Amazing. It's like 100 and, I can't even remember, 30 or 60, something crazy. Well, I think there's a list on, like, Wikipedia of the <laughs> movies that say fuck the most. It's going to be on that list pretty list. Awesome. I don't know where, though. <laughs> <laughs> Every other word I said was fuck. Yeah, um, that's true. And to be honest, in my real life, I, I don't curse as much as Daryl. I mean, what you were gonna say? You don't curse, like I mean, wow. I, mean, I curse. More <laughs> I was like, that. wow, yeah. No, actually, I think Lizzie has a little bit worse of a mouth than I do. Yeah, hundred percent factual. It's hundred percent true. Um, but I definitely don't curse as much as Daryl does. I mean, I think everyone who's sort of my age or and people who were born around me, we don't have as much of a filter about language as um, like people my parents' age do. Yeah, right. Sure. So um, I would say that I curse for like someone who's, you know, in their 20s, I curse a normal amount. Um, <laughs> not, not above average, not below average. Um, <laughs> right in the line. But Carol, I definitely, every other word was just, you know. Yeah, it's like you trying to sound, but it like just goes in the toxic masculinity. It's like you trying to sound like a big, strong guy and hang with the boys. You know, it's just about. That that's what's just so funny is like that's what 
that's what it amounts to. <laughs> it's just yeah. adding fuck into every odd word. Yeah, it's <laughs> what we do on the show. Yeah, it's pretty much it. We live toxic masculinity. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, and Max, we're gonna we'll veer a little into spoilers, I think. Uh, but kind of because our show kind of does that as well. Uh, so hopefully you aren't off put about the idea of maybe talking a little further down in the film. Guys, my parents rented that movie, True Lies. I watched that scene where she strips over and over and over. The Silver Surfer is the loneliest dude in the galaxy. I mean, the Punisher is pretty haunted. You have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Allison Bannister. Hi. Would you? I don't know. I like her. Yeah, I like her too. He's got a thing for me. I like you, Zach. She's hot, like Charlie's sister. Shut <laughs> up. Oh my god. Yeah! Let me see that. Give it back. You want it? Come and get it. Hey, stop! Stop! What did you do? What did you do? Do you remember Daryl Harper? Got a call from his mom. Guess he never came home last night. Did you see him at school today? Are you okay? There's just a lot going on right now. Josh? We should go back. What? I don't know, but I just keep thinking of his mom. Don't go back there. You need to listen to me. No, you need to listen to yourself. You're scared all the time. If anyone asks, we're not friends. Cool. Max, regarding uh, Daryl, the, the, I'm pretty sure we could easily say the biggest spoiler in this is that he dies. <laughs> I mean, I guess, uh, I, 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 I think I watched a trailer and it might give that away. Uh, but I mean, the trailer uh, hints at it strongly. Yeah, it might not show you just outright, yeah. you know, gagging on blood for a while. But um, so I, that was that was interesting to me because. Um, I mean, getting killed in, like, a, a big debut film, I'm not sure. This might... I, I couldn't check on IMDb if this was, like, your feature debut or if this is sort of... It was. It, yeah, wow, amazing. So, I mean, getting to getting to die in, in your feature debut, I mean, that's got to be the dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, if we're being honest, my first role I ever played in my entire life was I was... Uh, God, I'm going to sound like such a little loser here. Um, but I was Gavroche in Les Mis when I was eight. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's the iconic kid who dies. Exactly. <laughs> so I've been dying my whole life. Um, oh, you know? Uh, so it was, it was, I mean, dying on screen is obviously a very different experience because you have to do it over and over again. Yeah. Um, and if we're being honest, it's, a lot of it is very technical, and um, a lot of it is very, uh, I mean, it's not a great time. A lot of what I did was very uncomfortable, yeah. um, and uh, I mean, but I think because I sort of knew what every shot was, 
and I knew everything that went into it, actually watching my death was the easy part. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure what I mean, like, even we could say, oh, yeah, watching your death was real easy. No, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Thankfully, we didn't have to do it, you know. <laughs> it was because I knew exactly what I, I did, um, and I knew exactly what we filmed. Um, so I, I was, you know, at the, at the end of the day when you're watching it, it's sort of, oh, it looks great. Like, I'm happy, you know. But, um, <laughs> for instance, my parents watching it, my brother watching it, it was really God. hard for them. And uh, that was sort of fun for me. Uh, you know, I was sort of having a good time. A lot of it was, like I said, really technical and really difficult. And um, Yeah, I mean, fun. that's because to kind of like to go into a little more detail on that, I suppose, the... Uh, in the, in that scene, you you were kind of I you were kind of bleeding through the mouth a lot. Yeah, um, I mean that kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, so basically they would you know before every take fill my mouth with uh, fake blood, and uh, I would sort of they would say you know action, and I would just sort of I would like save a little in my cheeks like a chipmunk, so you know like I could like you know spew it throughout the take, oh. so it wouldn't all go out at once. Right. Um. Yeah, and I, I would say there were, you know, more difficult days than others. Um, at some point, it's, I mean, that whole scene, like, all of my death, I mean, it was it was over two and a half weeks of shooting it. Holy God. So, um, Whoa. yeah, it, it was, in a lot of ways, I think, the thing that took the longest. Yeah. I mean, it does. It looks very technically done, and I was I was yeah. kind of thinking that. Like, surely there's got to be a limit to how long you can stay with fake blood in your mouth before, you know, either yeah. passing out or getting so, poisoned. <laughs> we were filming, like, different pieces of it throughout those two weeks. Like, I would, for instance, one day be, you know, filming a scene in uh, Josh's house. I was going to say Charlie, because that's his real name. But I'd be filming a scene in Josh's house, and then, you know, the next day I'd be back in the field. Um, wow, I sound like I'm fighting. <laughs> yeah, you're in the army. <laughs> um, exactly. Um, so it was, you would go back and forth and I would sort of, you know, just have to be in the right mindset for it either way. Because if I was in Josh's house, obviously it was a way better time than if I was, you know, running with the fake blood pack strapped to me. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so there were days you could look forward to. <laughs> exactly. But overall, I mean, it's it's really cool. To, I mean, I, I'm a huge horror movie fan, like huge. So I think every horror movie fan would sort of hope to be in a horror movie that's this good. Um, definitely, definitely. A thriller movie that's this good. Um, and that can, I mean, that handles the situation that well. Um, and I mean, it's, it's the major turning point of the movie. I mean, when you're watching the movie, I don't, what was cool at Tribeca was um, the response to that. Oh, moment. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly don't want to talk too much about it just because I do still want people to have that response because it's such a visceral moment. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. People see it. It, um, it really, you know, it shocks them. It jolts them. Yeah. And I oh, yeah, think yeah. that's a really great thing. And I think it's the filmmaking and it's the story and you're so in it and you're not expecting it. Yeah, and absolutely. When it happens, the movie diverts and it takes a different tone. Um, because like I said, all my early scenes up until the fight, they're comedic. They're su- I mean, they're mostly mm-hmm. comedic. I'm just, you know, I'm talking and there's a lot of laughs involved. And, uh, then when that happens, I think 
there are still some laughs throughout the movie, but there's definitely less. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, pretty much most of the characters are traumatized from that point exactly. onward. <laughs> so the movie takes a really big tonal shift, and um, I think that was just done so freaking well that, like, I was, you know, honored to die the way I do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome. Makes sense. What a beautiful way to imagine, to, to look at it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Also mild spoilers, but this one's for Elizabeth. Uh, the final shot mm. of the film, contrary to the focus on the boys that dominate the majority of the movie, keeps with your character, Allison, and the scar yeah. she gains in the final act. Like, we talked about it on the show and what we thought it meant, but we wanted your take on what that scar represents, you know, perhaps what it signifies as a message in the film. Yeah, Kevin, Ben, and I talked a lot about that room, what happened in that room. I, as a woman read that scene and, you know, had a way different gut reaction and impulse that I think you guys touched on is like, was she, was there sexual foul play in that room? Was there, and I think because Kevin and Ben so deeply care about all their characters, they could never imagine a world where, um, Josh would do that. That's not what Josh is trying to do. And so I think ultimately that's not what's happening in this film. Although I do believe that people will read into this film and, 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 and women will not be able to unread it that way. Or, I mean, there's a sword, it's extremely phallic. Like this was me like the entire time. And it is completely kept that the door is closed and the audience does not get to see it that way. So Mm -hmm. I do believe it is up to everyone to interpret it their own way. Um, I think ultimately though is, what you don't really get to see is that the scar happens and it's super, super fucked up is that the intention was in that scene is that he has, um, uh, bound and gagged me and that he puts me in front of the mirror to watch me as he tries to cut my head off. Jeez. Oh boy. Yeah. And so I don't really know if it's like super clear or I don't know. I don't really, and I also think it's because it's so dark, maybe it doesn't need to be. And so, I think it sort of flash forwards two months later and, you know, I think I originally had a kind of more negative outlook and then on the ending of this film, but then Kevin was really more about, he doesn't want that. He wants to put, you know, positivity in the world and he wants to see someone like Allison move on, you know? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And so it is her and the springtime and winter's over and, I definitely would love to see where Allison is in 20 years. And I don't think her life is honky dory by the time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess that points at how strong the character is, uh, yeah, you know, her, you know, answering a question and moving on and educating herself and becoming, you know, reentering the world. And there is going to be a scar there. And I think you see the boy sitting behind her in the same position that Zach was, you know, like, you know, sort of admiring her, and then it's going to be a part of her, but like I, like any scar, you know, it hurts when you first get it, and it scabs, and it keeps scabbing, and then eventually it just becomes a scar. It's just mm-hmm. a part of you, and it's not as traumatic, or it's not bleeding anymore. It just doesn't even hurt anymore, so I think that's ultimately where it's going to go for her, and that she'll, she'll work through it and move on. 
with her life. Great way to see it. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The fun fun thing is, is that when I rewatched the film, I thought it was uh, somewhat symbolic of Allison's resilience. The fact that she's going to be able to move on past these types of issues. Yeah. You know, whereas Max has stayed affected. I'm not Max, sorry. Daryl has stayed affected. We, We see him. We talk about the kid that jumps off the bridge as well, supposedly. But Allison, I don't know. Maybe there is a strong female character in there where she's actually really going to move forward. And I thought that that scar was like the proof that she was able to yeah. be strong and move forward. Yeah, I really like that. I like that a lot. I wish I'd thought of it myself, but I didn't. Your answer was good. You didn't have to put it down so bad. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, I mean, that, the thing is, is that it's so open. I mean, that the interpretation, there's so much that you can bring, you know, the, I mean, uh, the young audience that's going to find this as well as perhaps an older audience are going to take so many different things. I mean, uh, as a person, like I can look back on this and be like, wow, that was kind of like my high school. You guys pointed out a couple of things that had to do with the nineties. Uh, you know, you're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis. Everyone knows that scene in, in, in yeah. true lies, but yeah, I think that, you know, depending on the age you are, you'll probably be able to take something different. It's that's the beauty of what super dark times is actually putting forward. In my opinion, is that you'll probably get something from multiple viewings, depending on the age you are, whenever you decide to watch it again. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. So, I mean, and I guess, uh, back to Elizabeth, I mean, Thinking about when we were talking about the sort of toxic masculinity, I was wondering if you thought there was maybe like an ideal female response to the film, like in your mind, like, do you imagine that there's a super dark times that focuses on like the difficulties of having female relationships, you know, at that same period, like between even Allison and Megan, or would you rather just stay clear of that subject, given the chance to reprise a role like Allison, maybe do something with like going forward to that future and seeing her resilience down the line, if there was an opportunity to maybe step back into her shoes again, would oh, would you be interested in seeing oh, that? Oh, yeah. We always joke about this. There's like 20, 30 years down the line, or like 20 years maybe, or I don't know, 15 years down the line, wouldn't it be funny to have a film after Dark Times? Mm. Where, um, where is Owen? Where is Charlie? Oh, sorry. I'm, those are the actors. Um, where is Jack? <laughs> where is Josh? Where is Allison? That'd be a really fun film. That'd be a really interesting film. That'd be super cool. I guess I'm not as interested in like, (laughs) I wouldn't be so interested in like reprising Allison at Allison's age. I guess as an actor, that's not so interesting. Um, Mm. But I mean, I would love to, I mean, of course, if there was another script that came my way that dealt with, um, I guess, I don't know if you'd be like, I feel like toxic masculinity, it's more about how, um, I don't really know if it's toxic femininity would be a thing, but maybe just more yeah. just how, how women repress and deal with other women. It's not, it's not, it's not a one-to-one <laughs> thing, I don't think. Yeah, they're not comparable. They're really not comp like, um, in my opinion, like, I don't, I don't, I see, like, how a film where I guess for how are women vicious to other women, not how men try to project masculinity, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but yeah, I would love to play with Allison again, like 15 years down the line. That'd be a super funny, like not funny film. That'd be like probably a really dark film. I mean, Ben has all these theories of where you, you should, you guys should talk to Ben, but Ben has this like total idea of where Charlie and uh, Josh, sorry, where Josh ends up and I have, and where maybe I have no idea where Zach or Allison are. I mean, Allison, I think would, would probably, um, move on and be successful career-wise. I wonder where she would be sure. romantically in her life, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably really cut that element out. <laughs> she has a sword collection. She's definitely in therapy still. Um, but but resilient still. I don't know. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, awesome. I mean, maybe maybe Max can come back as like the ghost of of Daryl and sort yeah, of, the ghost haunt, of haunt their haunt their dreams. Ghost <laughs> Yeah, be a horror film in there somewhere. Yeah, Daryl of Christmas Past or something. Yeah. I think like a lot right. of like women bullying would be more interesting today with like social media. I feel like it, it's more powerful today. Oh yeah, definitely. That's an interesting angle. Then instead of like in the '90s, maybe it was a little simpler. You could just get away from it all. You know, not. I mean, it's never simpler or easier. Bullying is bullying, no. but now it's just you can't get away from it. It's like it's on your, it's on your phone. It's on your phone, and you can't exist in a society without, you know, a phone or uh, the email and, and all that crap. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like the the media would sort of in the in the nineties would have like pushed on on girls like sort of ways to be innocent, like princess toys and, and models yeah, exactly. and stuff like that. And that's, that kind of then becomes more dangerous uh, when they get older. So that's why stories would rather focus on how women deal with that post that time period. I guess today it's now it's because things are at least in some semblance, I guess, evening out a little. The uh, yeah. especially because of social media, the uh, there there would be a lot more hazardous stuff to bring to that sort of relationship for kids now. So that would be interesting, I think. Yeah, That's great. Question for both of you. And looking to the future, is there anything that we can look forward to involving either you guys separately or you both together? I would love to work with Lizzie again because we had no freaking scenes together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things. That was just one of the sticking points. I was like, we're going to interview these two people and they didn't really work together. <laughs> so it would no. be interesting to I, see. Lizzie and I are actually very, very close. Uh-huh. Um, right. Hang out all the time, so uh, this is totally natural for us to be talking at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Not a big deal. Um, awesome. Yeah. So um, you have a you have a pilot coming, don't you, Max? Yeah. So I just wrote and um, starred in a pilot, and we produced it. Um, so I'm uh, we're working on you know sending it out, seeing who's interested. Um, we have a little interest so far but you know we're trying to build on it um so that's very exciting and that's just basically about my life in new york um and then right. just I'm, I'm a writer too so i just finished up a movie script and um that has some interest too so um that's that's sort of what i've been up to um yeah that's what i've, I've been pretty busy with that especially because so awesome. that's been you know taking up a lot of time and uh editing it and um getting it ready and getting it in front of the right people. Lizzie was at the first screening. Yeah. Good. Wow. Really good. Right. Proud of him. Yeah. (laughs) Max is super good at writing and also really, really good at performing his writing. Like no one else could Max is writing for like Max's role. Like he could. Yeah. To have that skill to like write for yourself is really important. Yeah. So excited. Thank you, Lizzie. So that's sort of what I've been doing is, uh, you know, to be honest, there aren't a whole lot of roles for people like me. Yeah. I'm very specific. Um, yeah. Okay. World of Hollywood, which in some ways is a great thing because I don't go up against very many people. And uh, yeah, cool. right for something, I'm super right for it. And I know I have a really good shot at it. Um, okay. But it's also hard sometimes because there's plenty of time where I have downtime and uh, where I'm not doing too much. So um, basically, I just started deciding to write my own roles um, and, you know, try to get those produced. And uh, 
so far I've been lucky that the response has been really great and um, that hopefully it will lead to, you know, even more great things. And uh, yeah. So cool. Awesome. Amazing. And hopefully we'll get to see the, um, the pilot produced at some point. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to that. Absolutely. The pilot's been produced. Um, what needs to be produced is the full series. Oh yeah. Right. right. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. How about you, Elizabeth? Um, you know, guys, I'm just hanging in there. Um, Good. Yeah, because I saw a tweet this week where you were angry. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. But we don't have to get into that. It's just a, no, a question. I'm, I'm in a super exciting and also, like, heartbreaking time in my career where I feel very, very, very on the cusp. And, you know, you don't get points for being in the top two. You know what I mean? And I can't okay. tell you how many times it happens. And fighting against certain things of, like, you know, if Lily Collins gets another part that I auditioned for, I might explode um but or in woman like lily i mean they seem really sweet it's not against them it's just you know i i have an opposite problem of max and it's i'm really excited because i get to read a lot of amazing material and i get seen for a lot of great stuff and i i audition a lot um but it's just about landing the next right thing i mean i was an episode of broad city you guys can watch it's super funny different a little prissier of a character Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, I'm in the mix for a couple things, but we'll see what pans out. Most likely none of it, but, uh, <laughs> wow. uh oh, come on. There you go. I'm going to be so proud of her. No, but that's okay. Just got to take it in stride. Things, um, things always happen for a reason. Like there's, if I had, you know, it's like, I always say it's, there's certain, pro- like, I've turned down certain things just because I didn't like it. Or, you know, if I hadn't turned it down, I wouldn't get to audition for X. And you just really have to let, especially with acting, and I'm, like, OCD, which is why would I pick a career where I have no control over. Sure. Yeah, great. <laughs> you really have to just surrender yourself to the acting fate god and just know that you are where you're supposed to be for whatever reason. And sometimes it's great, like, and then sometimes it sucks. <laughs> so oh, um, I do not yeah. envy the acting path at all. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what's key about what we do is that we're not in control of our lives. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's but really important. Okay. To <laughs> but it's also super exciting because, like, I audition for something next week and then in three weeks from now I've booked it and be moving to, like, Vancouver. You know, it just – you never yeah. – you never know what's coming next. That's what's like, yeah. that's what's super exciting is you get really heartbroken over a part you really wanted. And then a week later you get a script for something you love just as much. Hopefully. I mean, right. Hopefully. Think about it. Lizzie thought she didn't book super dark times. And then the next day it's hers. Yeah. Right. True. That makes sense. Right. I get like emotionally attached to all my parts. Once I get into callbacks and meet with directors, I get like super attached. And it's so sad. that shows Uh, quite a bit of dedication in my opinion yeah absolutely also terrifying (laughs) it's like a marriage I mean like getting on a project is like you have to just because you don't get the part doesn't mean you're not great or good or whatever just creatively what's the best match and I guess like for Max for me for Super Dark Times we just were the right matches there were other people that were probably really that were hard I know Jet wanted to cast a different Allison I always gave him so much shit for it um, wow. but like 
and she was a friend of mine though. So it was okay. Like, it, you know, you hope your friends get it if it's not you. Um, right. So I always just get, I'm like, Oh, you wanted blades. <laughs> uh, he, he came around. He came around. This one that I want to fit in with you guys. And then after that, I'll let you guys go. I promise. It has to do with films. I want to know if you were to recommend a film other than super dark times, what would it be? A favorite film, something that you've seen this year that's left an impression? Anything that you guys... Oh, I'm, I've seen everything. Oh my God. <laughs> I go to the movies like... <laughs> awesome. Lizzie and I saw um, Angelina Jolie's new movie last week. Oh, yeah. um, right, cool. They killed my oh. father. Uh, we went to a SAG screening of that. Um, and we both really, really liked it. I mean, it's a heavy, heavy subject. Um, it's But it's done supremely well. And um, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. And um, I'm sure everyone in the world has seen it by now, but it is it. The movie is spectacular. Um, I loved it. So I, I would I want to go see it again and again. And um, I thought it was just a super fun thrill ride. Also, of course, Dunkirk. I um, oh, huge, yeah. huge Chris Nolan fan. Um, Dark Knight trilogy are like my favorite movies of all time because I'm a huge Batman fan. Mm. But Dunkirk is spectacular. So, yeah. Yeah, we liked it. <laughs> we did an episode on it. It was really fun. <laughs> it's such a good question. And I'm just like, it's like, a, I'm going to think of a, I'll tweet at you guys because I'll think of a bajillion after this is over. It's always like that pressure. <laughs> For some reason, I cannot, I'm going to laugh. This is a ridiculous film and it's on Filmstruck. It's called Tom Popo. And it just made me laugh so hard. It's like this right. the ramen western, and it's just so wacky and like fun. I guess that's a fun watch. Um, cool. I'm trying to think what came out this year. I really don't get to see movies that in theaters. I get like super anxious. It's like so bizarre, um, which is so sad because I'm in this industry. But um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. What have I seen? What was that movie with? Um, and at Benning and Greta Gerwig that came out. That was really, really, really good that I saw. Um, ah, I'll have to look that it up. 20th Century Women was Yeah, I loved that movie. I right. really loved that movie. Oh, oh, okay. Here's a good one. And then I'll, this will be my last one. I finally saw um, Clouds of Sils Maria. It's right. Been, okay. Uh, that one. That was a good one. That's really beautiful. And it talks a lot about acting. And it's Kristen Stewart and Juliette Binoche. I liked those a lot. Yeah. Awesome. That is a that is a wide spectrum of films. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Robin Western to like <laughs> rounded <laughs> acting <Watch> films. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> so <laughs> good uh yeah so i mean uh, i guess we could i mean super dark times has a, a website and a twitter as well so and uh, both of you have twitter so you just want to push the you know plug those and 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 then let the let the world follow the actual the actors the cast themselves tweeting about this as it goes along yeah of course my twitter and instagram are the max t show so follow it up i'm <laughs> really good at posting a lot <laughs> Mine are really creative. It's just my name. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth Cappuccino at Instagram, at Twitter. Uh, I mean, they, they are both kind of, they're, they're quite unique names. So, I mean, it should be easy. Yeah, you can still, yeah. you know, control those. <laughs> yeah, I got them. No, they're pretty sure they're mine. Except for like one of my cousins or something might pop up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah uh, great amazing and thank you both so much for coming and talking to us about super dark times because we were very excited to talk about 
little elements of the film and from your perspective and what am I now got a, a far clearer picture in our heads about how this this all went down because we're very excited for people to get to see this as well and we wanted to make sure that um as much publicity as we can give on our side at least could cover it so that people be more interested because we got to see it at a fantasia film festival yeah and uh you know it was definitely a clear standout for us when we went to watch it uh so we're very excited for people to get to see this and continue the discussion post uh, this recording and post viewing so that we can kind of piece together what we can about the film because it definitely is one of those ones that's very exciting to read and also you know very exciting just because it's well produced it's got great performances so I think everybody's going to like it in some capacity and so it is great that we managed to get to talk to you about it yeah thank you so yeah, much thank you so much we're glad you enjoyed it yeah yeah it's a great time I'll be pushing for everyone to see it that's for sure I love Kevin's direction I loved you guys' performances in it and definitely thank you so much for coming on the show it was a real pleasure talking to you guys and we wish you guys the best for the upcoming projects and for the premiere of Super Doc Times that's on September 29th 2017 so thank you guys for tuning in for the interview uh, Lee and I are going to be back we're going to be talking about Darren Aronofsky's mother yes <laughs> Yeah, you have to you have to pronounce it every time with the exclamation mark. <laughs> Should be interesting. I'm looking forward to this one, man, because it's been divisive as fuck on the internet. Yeah, it's my favorite kind of film. It's the one where we can never win. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyway, just to reiterate, I want you guys to please go and check out if you guys can catch Super Dark Times on September 29th. Go ahead and do that. It's going to be out on VOD on October 3rd. Be sure to check out our episode, which is our Fantasia International Film Festival Roundup. The bottom part of that is going to be our review of uh, Super Dark Times. That's actually it's kind, of, kind of a deep dive into Super Dark Times as well. So spoilers. It was definitely it was uh, on on the cusp of the of the day of recording. We had decided to, to jump into it and just have a full discussion about it. And we're really happy about the discussion. So hopefully you uh, tune into that. Yeah, and we're hoping that you guys actually watch the film because we really. I mean, I really like it. It's probably going to figure in my top ten of the year. Most likely, it'll probably be up there. Um, so that's it for me. You can find me, Jason, at Atlantic SC on Twitter. Give our Facebook page a like. Follow us on Instagram as well. That'd be great. And uh, yeah. Send comments, feedbacks. We've got an email address now, so AtlanticSCPodcast at gmail.com. Send back reviews. Send us hate mail. We're waiting for that. Lee? Yeah, and if you want to send any uh, hate mail straight to my Twitter, uh, it's at BigPicturereviews, and you can read my reviews at BigPicturereviews.co.uk. Thanks again to Max Talisman and Elizabeth Cappuccino. You guys are two wonderful people, and I can't wait to see your next projects. That's it for us this week. Thank you, take care, and bye-bye. Bye. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.